Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Laz. Glad to be back with you this week for another episode of The Laz Word. And this week I thought I'd do something a little bit different. No funny drops, no audio clips, just me talking to you. So the question is, what am I going to talk about? Well, as every week, there's a ton, but there were a couple of things that kept coming back up, and there's some timely items that are in the news, things that are happening right now, and one of them certainly is this whole idea of kids going back to school, whether they're going to go or not. And, you know, some schools have made the decision, yes, we're going to go back, we're going to have online classes only. Some have opted to return to the traditional model of in-person classes. And then other schools have said, hey, we're going to do kind of a hybrid where we're doing a little bit of both, which is fine. But at the end of the day, I, I started researching and looking into what these schools were doing, and a little interesting tidbit popped up. So I thought I'd share it with you. In fact, I'm not the only person to make this connection When you look at the areas, not all, but the majority of the areas that have shut down and said, we are not going to do face-to-face classes, we are going online only. And in the majority of these cases, you're going to find that it's the places that have a very strong teacher's union. Now, not all, okay, but the majority of them have an extremely active and strong teacher's union. So the question is, who is making the decisions. Is it the school board or is it the teachers' unions? These unions, they really, they don't have your be- your children's best interests at heart. They, they've threatened to strike if they were told to go back and reopen classrooms. And by the way, that's despite the widespread acknowledgement that we need to get parents back to work. And to do that, that means we got to get kids back in school. And also, it's a complete slap in the face to the facts, and those of us that know the facts, that these attempts at remote learning have failed a lot of kids. And in addition to that, it's only deepened or widened the achievement gaps, not only by income, but also by ethnicity. And then to add insult to injury, many private schools, colleges, universities, they've opted for online classes, right? And as I said, that's fine if that's what you want to do, but you'd think that they'd offer some type of tuition discounts or they would offer the online tuition prices. However, at some universities, they're offering either no refund, no discount, or a very small reduction, like a few hundred dollars at best. All the while, they're forcing their students to not only take the classes online, but effectively, these students end up teaching themselves, which is ridiculous. And by the way, I'm not just speaking out of my you-know-what here. I'm speaking from experience because I'm literally dealing with this right now, and I happen to love this school. But I'm absolutely frustrated to the hilt with the way that they're handling things with this mess of COVID and, and the, the stuff that they're shoving down these students' throats and, and making the parents and the students deal with. It is ridiculous. And in my opinion, it's highway robbery. You know, at the end of the day, if you're going to require the students be online and effectively teach themselves for virtually the same cost that they were paying um, for a semester when they were getting face-to-face and in-person learning, then in my opinion, that's criminal. And you should be ashamed of yourself. Any of you schools that are out there that are doing that, you should absolutely be ashamed. You're robbing these kids. You're robbing their parents. And it's it's literally legal 
thievery, period. And it's it's disgusting. Uh, so I'm, you know what? I'm calling these schools out because you know who you are. Do the right thing, man. If you're not offering you know, nothing more than effectively self-taught and online classes, then that's fine. But then you should charge for that, not charge for what you used to offer. That's the bottom line. All right, on to the next deal here. Um, you know, the, the news has been all over, and um, with the impending election and COVID, and as I mentioned, schools, but there is very little coverage about an item that once again has been in the news, but you have to almost go searching for it, or it's like ancillary to all the other things that are going on. And I'm specifically talking about the 39 missing children who were found in Georgia. And I just can't seem to wrap my head around how in the hell this isn't the biggest friggin' story and at least lead story everywhere. If you haven't heard it, and there's a good chance you haven't because God knows the media, the lying lamestream media, didn't pay any attention to it. The U.S. Marshals Service, their missing child unit, they led a search where it was it was dubbed Operation Not Forgotten, by the way, and it was a collaboration between the Southeast Regional Fugitive Task Force, of course, state and local authorities, obviously, and then the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Now, there were, according to um, the report that the marshals put out and, and put a, a news release out, I think it was last week, there were 26 children and then 13, quote-unquote, others. The, the operation, though, did result in nine people being arrested. And some of these children, by the way, just so you can kind of get an idea of how like disgusting this is, some of these kids are believed to have been victims of sex trafficking, child exploitation, sexual and physical abuse. And oh yeah, by the way, they ranged anywhere from age three to 17. Three years old. Are you kidding me? This is a tragedy. It's real, and it's happening. And, by the way, it's happening at an alarming rate. Like, every 40 seconds, a child goes missing in this country. That's real. According to the FBI, if you look this up, because I did, 765,000 missing children a year is what we're recording here in the United States. Last Nation, that is over three-quarters of a million children that go missing every year, according to the FBI. Now, there is a little glimmer of hope here since the U.S. Marshals have partnered with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, um, which was back in 2005. The agency has actually recovered more than 1,800 kids, which is great. And, you know, these folks are doing great work. And in my opinion, they're doing God's work. But the media coverage of it, or the lack thereof, is absolutely appalling. For some reason, the well-being of our children in this country, it's of no interest to the lying lamestream media. They couldn't give two shits, and I don't get it. I just don't get it. You know, I don't care what's really going on in politics or what Bernie said or what Trump said or, you know, what Biden said or what Michelle Obama said. I, I don't give two you-know-whats about that at the end of the day when it comes to this kind of stuff. Our kids need to take priority, and they're not. And it's the media's fault for not covering something like this. And when you look at what the media is covering, all they're doing is really just stoking the fire and false narrative of systematic racism because they plaster the words of Michelle Obama all over the place. You know, when she went out and she told everybody that white people don't see her when she's in public, which is not only ludicrous, it's racist in and of itself. 
It's ridiculous. Our kids matter, Michelle. Not whether you or me or anyone for that matter, regardless of their race or their ethnicity, is seen when we go in public. You and your husband and your party and your BS narrative and the crap that you try and push down our throat every day is disgusting. Uh, And yes, I know that she wasn't making the, the statement that, well, people don't see her like they don't pay her any attention. She's basically saying that, you know, white people don't see her because she's an African-American woman. And that is just – that's just garbage. For the love of God, if during the Obama administration, you couldn't pick up a magazine without seeing Michelle Obama on it, okay? And that's fine. If that's what the magazines wanted to do and our first lady at that time was able and had the time to go and be on the front of a magazine, fantastic, great. That's fantastic, right? But you know what? Don't sit here and tell me that white people, which is a racist statement, by the way, when you have to start it out with a qualifier like that, white people don't see me when I go out in public. Um, Michelle, hello. That is the definition of a racist statement. And by the way, like I said in the beginning, you need to be focusing on the fact that our kids are going missing, not the fact that you feel like you're not recognized, okay? So get off your damn high horse. It's ridiculous. You're pathetic. All right, moving on. Um, you know, it, it's been a few tough weeks for me for a multitude of reasons. So I wanted to really find something this week and, and bring it to the episode that had a high note. And in fact, uh, with all that's going on in the world today, as I said earlier, I, I can't be the only one that could use a little bit of good news. So we started off the episode with education this week, and I thought maybe I would start to close it out with um, education as well. And and here it is. I think this this is a really heartwarming story. Um, I love hearing things like this. You know, it's it's um, triumph in life, and I just love when things come together like this. Uh, you know, life can really be full circle. So here it is. Uh, Miriam Schreiber is someone that you've probably never heard of, uh, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She was unable to attend school and graduate as a teen due to World War II, but. Miriam took her education serious, and she read books day and night, according to what she told the Washington Post last month. She's 88 years old now, and even more um, impressive than being 88 and really having studied and learning on her own through World War II, she's a Holocaust survivor. So this woman is tough as nails. She and her husband immigrated to the United States in 1960, and it's because they wanted to give their children the opportunities that both she and her husband missed out on, right? So they worked hard to send their kids to school. In fact, her son Bernie credits his success to his parents and specifically his quote-unquote mother's dogged determination. So Mrs. Schreiber uh, lives in Connecticut, and when the senior class at New England Jewish Academy had heard her story, they agreed— that she should receive an honorary diploma. And I I think that's awesome. So, uh, But even though the graduation ceremony was canceled, of course, due to all this COVID stuff, they were able to hold a small, socially distant uh, ceremony in the middle of August. And uh, she was quoted as saying, when I finally got the diploma, I kissed it. I just couldn't believe it was mine. You know, that is... To me, that's just a heartwarming story, man. That is awesome. Congratulations, Mrs. Schreiber. God bless you. Uh, You are absolutely what it means to be 
a dedicated mother and wife and an American and just absolutely a success story in my opinion. Um, and, and God bless you. I just, I, I can't say enough about her, uh, to read this story. I don't know why it hit me the way that it did. I mean, obviously there's much to be celebrated here about Miss Schreiber, but, uh, I guess it just came at a time when I really needed a, a pick me up and it, uh, it definitely, it definitely made me think a little bit about things. And, you know, um, to that point, it, it really makes me think about how in general, just life isn't fair. Right, it's never going to be. We should understand that, and we should know that. Um, and we all have struggles and, and trials, tribulations. The the saying goes. Uh, but that's just how life is. And you know, as I was thinking about this episode this week and this um, story about Mrs. Schreiber and you know everything else that was that was going on, I um, I was reminded of a sermon that I actually wrote a, a couple years back, and the gist of it is this. God created us with emotions, right? He created us and gave us the ability to feel all of these emotions that we have. But those emotions come with consequence. And while we get to experience the best of them, we also, at times, as I'm sure you're well aware, are faced with the worst of them. There is no joy without sorrow. There's no pleasure without pain. I think we get that, at least I think for most people we get it. Because without that symbiotic dichotomy, we would be desensitized and we would truly be unable to experience what the best is in life and what life really has to offer. So it doesn't make those moments of pain and sorrow any better, but it's moments like this, right? When an 88-year-old devoted wife and mother and Holocaust survivor gets to experience the joy of holding something in her hand that she thought she would never have, a diploma with her name on it. So no matter how short-lived those moments might be, they remind us that when those dark days are upon us, there will be brighter days ahead. And Laz Nation, that's my message to you this week. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what's going on in our world, I wish for brighter days for each and every one of you because they are ahead of us. And that's the last word. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, Laz Nation. Thank you so much for coming back. Be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications of each and every episode of The Last Word. And be sure to check us out on Twitter where you're going to find a whole lot of activity lately from me at The Last Word Pod. And don't forget about us on Facebook and Instagram at The Last Word. And of course, thelastword.com is the website, and you can always email me or our buddy, Balmer Billy. He's got his intro music now, so he's all pumped up. So send me or Billy an email at thelastword at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening again and coming back. Be sure to tell your friends. You know you love us, and we love you. As always, I know your time is valuable, and I appreciate you spending a little bit of it with me. Thanks so much. God bless, and we'll talk to you soon.